kind of fell in love with it. Like the community was so like welcoming. It was it was kind of just a different vibe that I felt at road races. Like some so many people were like, not to dog road races. Road races are great, um, but it was just like it, it was more like my speed. Like people were just like sitting there drinking beer, and kind of just like way relaxed. You know, there's you know people running in like you know flannel shirts and just like kind of you know dirtbaggy kind of dudes and I was like yeah I'd like this better than the you know uh, full on like a get up <laughs> Kia ora koto. that was Marcus Renty I'm Matt Raymond I'm Eugene Bingham and this is Dirt Church Radio interesting conversations with interesting runners Wild things. Get on board with your uh, DCR twenty twenty two code to take advantage yes. of VIP membership. Fifteen months for the price of twelve, uh, and get onto the trail directory and the peak directory because there's about fourteen hundred trails in the Wild Things directory. It's a massive resource and it just keeps on growing and growing. And you can use it to find maps and directions and descriptions of trails all over Aotearoa. And uh, there's that peak directory too. So check them both out at wildthings.club. If you're not a VIP member already, get on board. Use that code, DCR2022. Whilst you're out and about getting together, because, you know, nothing to worry about anymore, um, fraternising or sororitising, I don't know what the go is with that, uh, you could be wearing your scop suits because we need to be paying attention to staying off the trails if it's super wet and if you want a really lovely pair of road shoes, I would recommend the striking yellow and tiger stripey scop pursuits. I've put about, I don't know, a million kilometres in mine and they're going super strong. If you go to scottrunning.nz, scottrunning.nz for a super sweet pair of light cushioned road kicks. They'll do you right. Speaking of things that go on your feet, I am wearing on my feet as we speak, because it is getting a little bit cooler, a pair of Montaigne Prism booties. Now, that's not Prism booty. Mm. That's a different thing. It's Montaigne Prism booties, described on the label without a trace of irony as end-of-day booties, mm. the end-of-day booty. And I tell you, it's like wearing two puffer jackets on your feet. I feel comfy. Zipped up, nice and cosy. There's no zips, Eugene. It's just yeah, a simple... This, you know, you're zipped up nice and cosy. You know, it's just I'm saying. contained. Yeah, I'm yeah. comfy. And I, I'm reveling in the luxury of the Montaigne Prism. Prism, not prison, Prism Booty. A further faster, the best independently owned outdoor store in the known universe. Furtherfaster.co.nz they go something like further, faster, there in Christchurch. Rocky is hairy and so is Badger. Jules is nice and Jack is delicious. Go further, faster now. Go further, faster, there in Christchurch. Rocky is hairy and so is Badger. Jules is nice and Jack is delicious. Go further, faster now. Ditchitch Radio. Episode 193. We made it. Sure did. We're back together. We've been, we've been on holiday. Yeah, we got out of Auckland. Not where we were meant to be, but but still, no. we were meant to be in Australia let's, at let, UTA. Let's let the cat 
Let's let the cat out of the bag. Oh, we've been doesn't matter. Yeah. Reasonably. Yeah. We've been, so we, yeah, we've we were been meant reasonably... to be over there, but obviously um, UTA was a no-go um, this weekend. Uh, but heaps of people still got out and had fun on the course and so on, safely, safely, because heaps of trails still closed there for good reason and so on. But, um, yeah, so we, we had um, – <clears throat> excuse me um, – we still had our leave booked and so on, so I got away. I got away. Suzanne and I got away. You got away. I got away. It was great. Yeah. I uh, got up onto the Te Araroa for some um, – up at um, Helena Bay, just north of Whangarei, for some amazing running. Um, and, you know, it was it was brilliant. So we're going to look forward to seeing everyone in October when the party kicks off properly. And, uh, yeah, you know, we'll be there. Yeah. Commentating. Yeah. So heard it here first. <laughs> Breaking news. Breaking news. Um, <laughs> broken news. Um, yeah, so we, yeah, I got down to the Waikato, um, where there was some amazing trails, including the Te Araroa, uh, but stuck by my intention of slowly getting back into running after the old Rona. Um, so although I was very, very tempted by the trails down there, um, just did a bit of walking, which was nice, uh, down the Waikato. It was beautiful, beautiful, um, stunning, Mm. stunning part of the world. So close. To Auckland that um, I haven't spent enough time in, really. So that was fun. Um, but, yeah, this last week's chat with Emero Lachlan was a great chat. Yeah, heaps of talk about periods, Gaelic football, uh, heads falling off. Who knew? After too much aerobar action. Yeah. Um, we got heaps of feedback, you know. Yes. Uh, men and women writing in both thank, thanking us and also thanking us, uh, I, I didn't know so much or this is this was really informative. So, mm, mm, yeah, mm. fantastic, yeah, fantastic chat. Emma got lots of feedback too, which is great. So, um, yeah, all power to her really. This week, Marcus Renty. Yeah, so Marcus Renty, a resident of California, uh, Los Angeles, where he, he grew up loving all sorts of sports, including stunt rollerblading, which if... I didn't know I, it was I, a thing. Yeah, I had an inkling it was a thing. Um, no. I thought rollerblading was stuntish enough. Yeah, yeah. But there <laughs> you go, because right. I would probably break my nose and everything else. Just putting them on is a Just stunt. Just putting them on, uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. But, yeah, so grew up really active, outdoorsy, mountain biking, skiing, snowboarding, all that sort of stuff, and then started running, found the trails, and hasn't looked back. And one of the reasons we wanted to talk to Marcus was about the non-profit organisation he founded called Trail Folks, which aims to provide opportunities for underprivileged and underserved youth in Los Angeles. His goal, I mean, basically, he said that, you know, he noticed, and, and he tells a story when he walks into a cafeteria and uh, up in Bear Mountain and sort of, he said it was a needle scratch moment and everyone turned around because he was the only person of colour in the place. Uh, and the goal of Trail Folks is to increase representation in outdoor sports. Uh, and he hosts weekly trail runs and loves running with his trail dog named Batman. Yeah, lots, Just, of, lots yeah. of good trail dog chat in in this conversation. Um yeah, and those uh, those runs and those runs that he puts on and that others put on around Los Angeles sound. I was quite jealous of the sound of that. It sounded like you could just uh, well, there were spreadsheets. 
Absolute, they were absolute with the art, so, the art anyway. run. That, yeah. that you had me at an yeah, art run. And that's I right. Think that's yeah. No, it's a great conversation, and we're looking forward to bringing you that. Um, but just before we go on, Patreon patrons, look, we mention it uh, regularly, but just a shout out and a thank you to those who do uh, come on board and support us. Um, if you go to um, patreon.com slash dirtchurchradio, you can set up a regular donation or, or make a one-off donation, and we use those to help um, keep the lights on, um, pay for things like some of the audio equipment that we've got. Um, and cover costs like the website domain and stuff. So we really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, if it's not in your warehouse, that's totally cool, and we're still here for you. Radio. Further faster and the speed freaks. So further like faster, you know. Great things coming together, isn't it? It's two great things coming together. And for those of you who don't know, further faster, long time. Sponsor of the Church Radio, best independently owned outdoor store in the known universe, and Speed Freaks, who are the Odyssey House um, running group, and Odyssey House is for people who are in recovery from substance dependence. Um, the there's a what it's traditionally been men who have done it, but now there's a woman's chapter of the Speed Freaks that is um, that has sprung up, which is fantastic, supporting women in recovery, and. Um, they're teaming up for a joint run next Tuesday, the 24th of May, and they need women's gear. So, you know, uh, addiction leaves you essentially with nothing, uh, and running gear is expensive. Uh, we know that through the men's uh, the, the men's sort of drop-off centre at, at, at Further Faster, you know, they've been able to collate a whole lot of donated shoes, packs, clothes, stuff like that. We know that as runners, we've all got a bunch of stuff that we think I'll wear that one day or, you know, that's it's not quite had its day or, or whatever. But look, basically, if you can help, uh, they, they'd love it if you could drop into the the, saw, the store at 57 Sydenham Street in Otutahi Christchurch yep. um, and just drop off whatever you can spare. Sports bras, uh, women's shoes, um, shorts, shirts, um, anything that's going to make it easier for more women to participate um, because it's such a great thing. Speed Freaks is, you know, growing into Tamaki Makoto. Um, we, you know, we featured it on an episode long, long ago um, and support everything they do. So if you can help out um, the this particular women's run group with some gear, get in there, do it. Yeah, absolutely. The Speed Freaks turned out in force at Mount Oxford Odyssey as well. Uh, Tell us about at the us. weekend. Yeah, I mean, well, you just saw saw the lineup of heap, heaps of um, people in their blue Speed Freak shirts, but forty three kilometers, a hell of a lot of climbing on technical trails. Um, <clears throat> Scotty Hawker bagged himself a course record. He's looking good in the build up yeah. to UTMB, isn't he? Absolutely. He was talking about you know the fact that much like <laughs> most of us, our, our our build up to races this year, like last year and the year mm. before, has been delayed, put off, changed. Um, and he's stoked to you know be healthy, get a hit out, and you know a course record for the mm. for the win and 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 heading off. It's yeah. it's, it's going to be it's going to be good. Yeah, Kate Loy absolutely dominated in the women's race as well, and um, Julia Chamberlain and Richard Melton were victors in the thirty three k event, and Savannah Stewart and Jasper Edgar took out the half marathon. So a great weekend there at the Mount Oxford Odyssey, South Island Ultra. Uh, I mean, it was wet. It was wet. 
It was super wet. In the 100, in the 100 kilometres, uh, the first four finishers in order were Kanoka Izumi, James Bryant Bland, Juliet Soul, and Mark Duin. So it's 50-50. How cool is that? How cool! That was so awesome to see, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, we heard, you know, obviously, um, you know, three women broke the previous record and Kanaka came within two minutes of taking the overall record um, and, you know, holding off James by 40 seconds, which, you know, over 100K is is nothing. Um, so what a great race uh, there. But, yeah, I mean, obviously super wet. Um, the, did you see the start line video? No, I didn't. Oh, it was just hosing down, like yeah. proper, proper wet. Um, so, yeah, but an amazing result there with that um, lineup of, yeah, that top four. So the Hawks Bay Marathon was on as well, which looked super fun. I think the wettest, I just remember that start of Kepler when the first time we did the alternate course when we were standing yeah. at the control gates and then you could, the, the lightning and thunder started. Yeah. And it was so dark, everyone's watches uh, were um, auto-glowing. Yes. You know, you'd look at your watch. And, yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. it sounded yeah. like a full-on hose party there. I did see too that the New Zealand uh, Marathon Champs Athletics New Zealand organised um, event was on in Otatahi over the weekend and a couple of Dirt Church alumni did particularly well, Nancy Zhang uh, on the on the dais um, in, in the women's race and Andy Good was uh, the first old guy. Sam yeah. Manson as well? Sam Manson was in there as well. Yep. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Pays yeah, to be so. a winner, pays to be on Dirt Church Radio. There's, there's a connection, absolutely, correlation. Sunburn, ice creams, no doubt about it. Radio. Greatest run ever. Greatest run ever. Greatest run ever, which is the part of the show where we ask you to write into us and tell us your greatest run ever. It doesn't have to be a race or a mountain summit. It might just be a run around the block, something that's sung to you for some reason, and you can send them in to us at dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. This is from James Steele. I'll admit that for the last year or so, I've been actively trying to have a greatest run ever so I can send something into you guys. There have been a lot of pretty good runs or runs where I feel like I've had a good shift or gone quicker than usual, but not one where I've sat back thinking about it a while afterwards with a big smile on my face until this one. For the last couple of years, a group of mates and I have been taking an annual lads camping trip where we've had an intentional focus of sharp cheddars, cured meats, good whiskey and running, average blokes in their early 40s type running at least. Last month, we went to the Pedopedo campsite on the Timber Trail in the King Country, home of the greatest concentration of bumblebees in the world, it turns out. Hmm. I didn't know that. On day two of this day, we set off south in the sun towards the Maramahata Swing Bridge with the intent of seeing how far we might feel like going. The bridge is absolutely amazing, 141 metres long and 53 metres high, with more wobble in it than you'd admit you're comfortable with. We plodded along for about seven kilometres before deciding to turn around, and this is where the greatest bit happened. After crossing the bridge again heading north, the trail starts a gentle descent. My mate Owen was ahead of me, Jim was behind a bit, and at some point Owen decided to pin his ear back and go for it, disappearing around a bend. Good on you mate, I thought before realising, hey I could be doing that too, and I let fly. For the next K or so, we completely let go and went as fast as we possibly could. My legs were spinning round quicker than they'd ever had before. Vision went a bit blurry and the wind was buffering my ears. There's something exhilarating in that feeling. You're on the very edge of control and you have the realisation that at any second it'll all come undone and you finish up sprawled across the trail. It's an odd thing to enjoy, but there's a huge rush to it. 
After that first burst of speed abated, there was a moment sharing how awesome that had been. We realised that there was still trail ahead of us, so off we went again, whizzing between the trees, feeling like we were on some kind of ride, a passenger zooming along, not really of control of what was happening, heightening the adrenaline rush. The trail ended at the forestry road south Camp Epic. We trotted back to the camp with massive grins. Greatest bit of run ever. Oh, yes. Wow. That's cool. That's super cool. I love that it's just a bit of a run. Yeah, well, that's the thing, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. it doesn't, it, it's, it's, it's rare that you, I mean, people do send in their greatest runs and it's the component parts, but often that little yeah. tiny bit. Yeah. Super cool. You'll need to get having some greatest runs or sending in some greatest mm. runs because our greatest run bucket is getting very low. Mm. So stop very, thinking very about them. Stop. I mean, Just you know, all credit to you, James. You've, you've done it, but you did think about it for a year, you know? Yeah. Come on. Stop thinking we about don't them. Want to just send them in. Um, and one or two of you, recent weeks, I've encouraged you to. I want to see them in those inboxes. Anyway, don't make us start naming and shaming. That's right. Dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. Go on, send them in. On to the interview. Marcus Renty, trail runner, outdoor enthusiast from Los Angeles, founder of the organization Trail Folks, which aims to increase participation and representation in outdoor sports for kids from underprivileged and underserved communities. We talked to him about all that uh, and about his trail dog, Batman, and his python, Monty, which I thought was an incredible name. But this is a great conversation with a really great dude. So without further ado, Marcus Renty. This episode of Dirt Church Radio is brought to you by SOS Hydration. SOS Hydration is designed by a doctor for use by the world's best athletes and for those who push themselves in work, sport, and everyday adventure. Man, I had an everyday adventure on the weekend and I am thirsty. I'm still thirsty. And SOS Hydration really helped. But if you use the word church at checkout for a special 15% discount for listeners to the podcast, that'll really help get you there. 15% off. They have great flavors, coconut, watermelon, citrus, berry, and mango at soshydration.co.nz. That 15% discount helps it go down smoother. All right, all the way from Los Angeles, California, we've got with us Marcus Renty. Kia ora, Marcus. Welcome to Dirt Church Radio. How are you doing, man? I'm great. Great. That's good. Hey, look, I just wanted to, you know, saw you online and saw, um, the the really amazing stuff that you're doing with your not-for-profit organization trail folks but i mean before we dive into that you know we'll ask i guess where that began i mean it looks looking at things you've always been active but when did you turn to running um yeah i started running uh probably around 2014 ish uh i ran my first half marathon in 2015 uh the yosemite half marathon uh, great race um, yeah. Um, but yeah, kind of before that I, I, I used to do like stunt rollerblading and stuff like that. And I, I broke my ankle doing like a crazy jump over a ramp. And, uh, after rehabbing it, I had, I had screws in my ankle and my doctor was telling me to, to like get on the bike for, you know, my cardio, my, my blood pressure had gone up and stuff. Um, and, uh, I was like, what about running? It's like, no, no, running's horrible for, uh, your you know, your injury for your ankle um and uh yeah that was when i signed up for the half marathon uh, <laughs> actually the doctor told me i, I shouldn't run <laughs> what what is stunt rollerblading i mean i know about rollerblading it looks dangerous enough but to take it to another level stunt rollerblading 
What is that? Yeah, we like we, they like in the nineties. They they called it aggressive inline skating. Uh, guys, you know, we jump on handrails and you know do flips on ramps and big you know spins on half pipes and stuff like that. And yeah, I had a I had a big crew of guys out of here uh, out in, in the South Fernando, San Fernando Valley where I live. Um, and uh, I kind of fell out of it for a while, and I got back into it with those guys in my you know, early thirties. And, uh, yeah, we, we, uh, we were actually at, at Camp Woodward. It's like a big place where a lot of like the X Games guys go to train. And, uh, my, my ex-girlfriend had sent me there for my birthday. Um, it was on my birthday when I broke my ankle. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I was, I was trying to keep up with some of my buddies that were like way better than, uh, yeah, that was the result. <laughs> And so you break your ankle, you, you have an operation, you get screws in it, and uh, doctor says, uh, no, running's a terrible idea. And as we'd say here, Nick Minute, um, you're doing the uh, Yosemite Half Marathon. Um, why, I mean, why running? What, did, what, what drew you to it? Um, I've always kind of, I don't know, I, I, I was always like the fast kid. I, I played baseball, um, and, you know, when I got on base, it, like everybody knew what I was doing that was going to steal the base. Uh, <laughs> my team knew, their team knew. Um, and I was pretty fast, um, but that was just in like the short distance. Um, I was kind of always known as a fast kid on my, on my block. <laughs> so I, I kind of always had like a little, like affinity for running. Um, and then after the doctor told me I, I shouldn't do it, it's just like, I don't know, this little thing clicked in my head. Like, yeah, I think I'm <laughs> to try this. And, you know, I, I had like got my like first iPhone, I think, and I I got like a, a map my run app or something like that. It was, like, it was like a video game to me at that point. I was like, oh, I could do a seven seven minute mile. Like, oh yeah, I could I could beat that. Um, and yeah, that's how it was at first. Um, no training whatsoever, just no structure at all. Just going out there, just running. Um, and then, yeah, I, I started running with a lot of running groups. I kind of fell in with a lot of, there's a ton of running groups out here in Los Angeles. That's when I kind of, kind of got my groove and got a little bit more serious and found trail running. So running, running groups, uh, like, I mean, it's kind of um, almost mythical, these running groups in LA. Are they are they kind of organized, structured? Like, do you know which block to turn up on or do you need to sign up for them? Or How does, how does that work? Yeah, um, one of the larger running groups, uh, one of the mo- more longer running running groups, uh, uh, Blacklist LA. I was actually a pacer for them for for a little while, um, and it's uh, free. They're they're also a nonprofit organization, uh, completely free. Uh, they they meet like Monday night, Wednesday night, and Saturday mornings. Um, the Monday night run is is uh, based around art. Uh, they go to like there's tons of street art in LA. A lot of businesses pay like these street artists to come and do these wild murals on the side of their on the side of their businesses. So uh, sometimes we'll get the artists to come out. You know, they'll drive to the art piece and like meet us there. It'll be like a mile and a half to the art piece, a mile and a half back. Um, and it's uh, yeah, you have pacers that are they're running at they they'll call out their pace like you know they'll have a fast guy up in the front like I'm running you know six six minute pace and then goes down the line eight minute nine minute. You know, come out of the back. I'm sexy pace. Uh, 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it's really fun. The, the Monday night is totally like a like a hookup night. It's like the singles uh, for all the fit people. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, go to meet. Uh, it's 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 yeah. pretty cool, but it's it's kind of blown up. There's a ton of uh, a running group. We actually a friend of mine, my friend Kate Olson, she made a spread a spreadsheet. Uh, it's a live running spreadsheet because it's always changing of all of the running groups in uh, wow. LA. Um, and there's also an app that my, my, my friends are, uh, are doing called The Rundown. Uh, they're, they're based out of San Diego, um, pretty mod. Um, yeah, it's, uh, and it has uh, everything in Southern California, basically. Orange County, uh, San Diego, Los Angeles, which is a really big area. Yeah. Wow. So it, any any corner, any night, basically, you can find. It, find exactly. Yeah. It, there, it's seriously any night or almost any morning as well. Uh, you can you can find a, a run group to. Yeah. Yeah. To, wow. To, yeah. How did you step up from half marathons to ultra marathons? Um, it, it was kind of just a iterative process, I guess. Uh, like I did a half marathon and. Did another one, and I wasn't really like I want to jump right to a, a marathon. Like after I did a, a half marathon, I, I, that, that's kind of when I found the trail. I did a, a 25k. Um, it's kind of like the, uh, the rite of passage trail race out here in in Southern California. It's called Bulldog. Um, it's a 25k and a 50k, and uh, it's one loop is 25k. Two weeks is fifty, uh, and it's uh, it's actually put on my, by my buddy, uh, my buddy Daniel, uh, great race promoter uh, or race director, I should say. Um, but yeah, that was my first race, twenty five k bulldog, and I kind of fell in love with it. Like the community was so like welcoming. It was it was kind of just a different vibe that I felt at road races. Like some so many people were like, not to dog road races. Road races are great. Mm. Um, but it was just like, it, it was more like my speed. Like people were just like sitting there drinking beer and kind of just like way relaxed. You know, there's, you know, people running in like, you know, flannel shirts and just like kind of, you know, dirt baggy kind of dudes. And I was like, yeah, I like this better than the, you know, uh, full on Lycra get up. <laughs> it's like the matching, you know, neon green. Everything. But, I mean, if that's your, if that's your jam, that's, that's cool. <laughs> and it seems even within the i mean like i agree 100 percent in terms of the sort of the sartorial aspect but you know you see tribes of trail runners like the euro guys and girls you know they've got the perfectly faced calf sleeves with the logo you know they've, they've got the ruler out and the white <laughs> white white yeah. lycra or you know like i mean goodness me it's just it's such a there's such a broad range isn't there i mean there definitely is <laughs> Doing a bit of kind of pre, you know, re- research into this, uh, you said in other interviews that you noticed that you were, you know, because you talked about in the past how, you know, you grew up active, you grew up doing outdoor pursuits, and you noticed that you were often the only person of color or one of a few people of color who were participating in those pursuits. Uh-huh. And, you know, you wanted to change that. Tell us about trail folks. Yeah, sure. Um, it was kind of something that I, uh, I had been bouncing around the idea. Actually, I was I was really inspired by by my buddy uh, Eric, who runs Blacklist LA. I just mentioned. Um, 
and I was kind of seeing how they were doing stuff in the community with road running. They have like a, uh, a you know program to get people. It's and they're based in the inner city. Um, uh, just get people into being active and getting out there and running. And I was like, I kind of want to do something similar, but the trail and just like and I sat on it for a little while. Uh, I've had the idea for a really long time and trail running is just kind of one of the things that I, I really like to do. I'm, I'm really like snowboarding. Uh, I, I rock climb as well. Um, and I, I, I kind of wanted, and also when I'm doing those things, I'm definitely one of the only people of color. It's, it is, it's starting to change. I'm, I'm really noticing the last time I went to the mountains. It took me to the mountains. It's really cool. But um, yeah, growing, growing up, uh, I was, quite often the only, only black guy out there. Uh, so I mentioned it to my mom and she, uh, when, when COVID happened, it was right around my 40th birthday. Uh, she just got on the paperwork and started filing the paperwork for the tax <laughs> exemption stuff. And living here in California, there's so much like bureaucracy and red tape and paperwork that you have to do to, set up a nonprofit organization it's it's a, it's a lot to, to get it done she, shout out to mom she uh, <laughs> her, it would have been i was still being you know talking about like yeah one day i'm gonna do this but uh it was, it was yeah it was kind of my my 40th birthday present she uh yeah without her it would have uh, not happened so uh, yeah and i mean what huh. So you, that's that the sort of the genesis of it. What's I mean, tell us what it involves. I mean, what are your goals for the organization? Uh, absolutely. Um, right now, we're we're it's it's still in the you know, early early stages. We're fundraising, trying to um, get money. I mean, because all, definitely all these things cost money, especially when you're talking about getting youth um, insurance and things like that. So. Right now we're in fundraising mode and we're trying to build community and get like the, the name out there. Uh, we've gone through like a whole branding, we have a brand package and stuff like that. It's working on our website, getting our website up. Um, but uh, right now we're we're just doing uh, like events, like fundraisers and group runs. Um, we have a, every Friday morning group run where we have coffee and donuts and we rotate different tra- trailheads right here around the valley. It's been pretty cool. Like we, we were at Griffith Park, Griffith Park um, which is like right in the middle of Los Angeles. It's like right underneath the Hollywood sign. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of what we're doing right now. Um, I'm going to be working with a local high school, Virginia High School. They have a um, trail running or a running club and a cross-country team. Um, and we're going to be working with gear, Shirts, um, shoes, possibly some watches and stuff like that. Um, that's going to be kind of how we're kind of getting the ball rolling. Um, eventually, we want to have like a youth out- outreach team where we're going to high schools, um, even maybe middle schools, uh, uh, targeting probably ages between 15 to 18 um, in the inner city uh, and to kind of let them choose their own adventure. We can give them like a plethora of activities to do. Mountain biking, mountain bike will provide all the equipment and transportation to and instruction. Um, Because that's that's kind of what it it 
lot of it is it's just that thing, fear of the unknown. Like, a lot of people just don't know like where to go to do this stuff and then like, what what gear you need to be safe and you know uh, there's different you know, the, the rules, the etiquette of you know the trail and things like that. So uh, you have someone there that especially if someone there that looks like you um, that can kind of guide you through the process learning these things then uh, that's that's the kind of environment we want to provide. And I mean, we know from our, from our own experience in terms of the f- physiological benefits of being outside, you know, and especially for, you know, young kids and kids who that's, that's super important. I mean, what are some of the other benefits um, that the outdoor, like that an organization like trail folks like the outdoors can provide for these kids apart from Absolutely. just the fact that you're, um, you're moving around? Yeah, it can open up different kind of it. It, it kind of it just opens your mind to just different possibilities in, in life. Like uh, you know, some, you, being out there on a the trail gets in you know get an interest in botany or something like that. Learning the different you know uh, native plants and things like that, or, or biology, learning different reptiles. And, uh, you know, uh, there's. Uh, it, it, there's there's so many benefits to you know being outside, especially like me and my personal life. It's kind of just like my moving meditation, uh, get out there and it's like leave all that you know, stuff that's <laughs> crap at the office and you know life stuff. Uh, you know it's that you know hour, two hours, three hours, whatever you're out there. So yeah, I'm really thinking about that stuff. So um, and I know a lot of kids in the inner city kind of don't really have an escape like that. Um, you know, whether it be, uh, you know, just living in a situation where you're, you're sharing a room, you know, with a sibling or something like that. And you don't have really like a, a place where you can be alone in your thoughts. And it's, it's, you know, uh, to be able to provide something like that. Mm. it's something how do you deal with the i mean when you when you're a teenager especially a teenager who lives in the city running can sometimes seem like a punishment or um you know something that oh you don't want to do it it's a drag or whatever at least that's at least that's the experience um down here yeah is that something you find with the kids that you're trying to engage with and how do you get around that? How do you excite them to the possibility, especially with trail running? Yeah. It's, it's funny. Even like uh, some of the cross country kids um, <laughs> are pretty like, you know, you better like the park and they look at some of these trails. They're used to running like rolling hill cross country courses and stuff. And they're like, you want us to run that? And they're like, oh no, it's, you know, we can totally hike, you know, the steep stuff. Don't worry about it. Like, oh, this is a trail run. It's kind of yeah. They have, like, a different, you know, uh, mindset uh, on what running is. Uh, I know for me, like, running was kind of always a punishment when I was playing baseball. Um, <laughs> if we were yeah. running laps, it was because we did something wrong. Um, <laughs> so, Absolutely. Um, yeah, and that's, that's kind of why I want to kind of keep it, like, in, in open life let them choose what they want to do and and that's why we're kind of working with uh groups that 
it is a running flood that like the kids that are already kind of in, have an interest in, in someone. Um, mm. So that that's kind of one way we're, we're, we're kind of you know wedging our way in there. Um, and and I know because a, a lot of kids even you know saying going on a hike or opening their eyes to possibilities and and letting them dream of things they can do and then but then also providing a pathway that they can do it exactly exactly yeah you you mentioned that um that barrier of perhaps not seeing people like you doing the things that you want to do as being a a barrier <laughs> what experiences ha- have you had how how does how did that kind of manifest for you yeah, I mean, because I've gotten it from from both sides. Like, like some of my family members might see, you know, uh, some stuff that I, I do, like, go find Instagram on Facebook or something, kind of like rock climbing or, you know, rappelling down something or, uh, you know, running some crazy race or, you know, snowboarding some crazy ridge. Or then they're like, oh, you're out there doing that white people stuff. <laughs> and, like, uh-huh. And like, you know, I'm like, oh, well, it's, yeah, it, it's, there's a lot of white people out there, yes, but <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm, I'm trying to change that. Uh, so it's it, it's fun. It's, it's fun, fun stuff, you know. And there's, like I said before, it's kind of the, the fear of the unknown. It's, it's, yeah, you know, a lot of people have, you know, in their in their little safe bubbles, and it's it's kind of, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and and on the other hand, I've I've got it, you know, from from some of my white friends before, and it's like good in, with good intentions have told me they're like, oh, you're like the whitest whitest black guy I know. Oh no, <laughs> right? Like, Sorry. Oh, oh no. Yeah, I'm like, oh, they're like, oh, I meant it as a compliment. It's like, no, no, I keep that's just it. Stop. <laughs> just, just, just stop. Just stop. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude. So it's, oh my lord. Yeah, and it's. I grew up in like, like where I grew up in the San Fernando Valley. It's it's a, it's a total melting pot. Like, I have friends from like all over the world. Like my my, my website guy, he's from Bangladesh, and like my buddy lives down the street. It's you know his parents are from uh, from El Salvador, and it was just, I just yeah, I grew up like like. I have such like eclectic taste for food just because when I was a kid, I was going to like all my different friends' house and having like, you know, like legit cuisine from like all these different places and stuff. So like, I, I, you know, I, I never really saw myself as like, you know, being like a acting white or something like that. It was kind of like, we, we all, we were just kids who grew up in a you know, place where it was kind of, it's like a mismatch of that culture. So it's, yeah, and, I don't know. And some some of those family members that, that I mean, they're I, I love them. Um, 
they, they were like out in the middle of the street like that. And it's it's a lot more it, California is, is very you know, like I said, it's a melting pot in the middle of the country out there in the West. Uh, it's it's a lot more like segregated. It's, it's like the white part of town, the black part of town. Yeah. But very, very I mean, I, I read an I read an article that uh, an interview that you did with Eric Sensman, and and you know you discussed that that there's a there's an element of existential danger perhaps for you as a, a as a as a black person and in certain parts of of your country, you know, being out in the bush by yourself, which is something that I mean, Eugene and I living very close to you know something that we just don't have to worry about, and is that you know, you talk about that barrier to inclusion or that 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 fear. Is that something that's factored in? Do you think? I mean, I'm not meaning to be alarmist or kind of no, no, perpetuate that kind of real mainstream like it's this or this. But like, is that something that's no, that's, that's a concern? Real, it's real life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's a it's a valid concern. From you know, I had to yeah, take take a step back and tell why I heard that from a lot of my family members, and it, it comes from uh, you know a, a place of like you know, self-preservation or, or like a kind of defense mechanism almost like is there in you know not very long ago in this country like, they, like if you you know you're a black person and you went into the woods there was a chance that you know bad stuff was going to happen to you, you know? so it was you know, it, it, it has kind of like a generational trauma that's like kind of passed down and like no no don't go don't go out there after dark like it's you know stay you know around the house where it's a it's it's right. it's a real thing. I mean, it was there was a guy uh, who was uh, went on a hunting trip uh, with a bunch of white guys just fairly recently and was murdered. It's uh, like shot in the back like eight times or something like that. And like his family is like asking all these questions, and they're like, it's it's just like a really sad story. Like, this guy trusted these these you know, people who thought were friends, and I don't know what happened. But he, of dying it's it's uh it's a real topical fear that that people have yeah it's uh it's and deep historical roots as well i mean that's that's the thing and you know in sports i recently watched um king richard Uh richard williams um with serena and venus and how he and their family had to confront that kind of entering a mostly white sports, dealing with people looking at them, strange, um, lots of the kind of subtle um, racism um, that was kind of uh, barriers along the way. And yet, you know, they obviously found a way to smash through that. And, but it's, it doesn't come without a cost. Absolutely. It's, uh, um, yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've felt it, um, you know, uh, I talked about <laughs> in another interview that, uh, uh, yeah, I walked in the corner in Mammoth uh, in the late 90s, probably like 98 or 99, and walking into like one of the diners and like it was like a record scratch moment where like everyone like, turned and looked at me and like I realized like at that moment I was like probably the only black person in this town. But, and it was kind of like a, you know, reality check kind of you know if, you know, at the time you know i was with my buddies and you know, we're having a good time being loud and stuff and it was kind of like a sobering moment 
but it's, it's you know, it's definitely, you know, changed now. It's a lot more uh, eclectic. Uh, there's a lot of people that you know, drive up from LA. It wasn't, it was like, excuse <clears throat> me, kind of a select few people, like, with, you know, the, the kind of more wealthy people with the growth to Napa, you know, it was popular. But uh, yeah, me and my buddies, we would we would make it happen to get up there. Like we were uh, just like bunch of little punk kids, and we <laughs> we would you know bum gas money. We had like a little tiny Honda car, like Honda Civics. So you know, barely took any gas. To, you know, and at the time, gas was cheap. You know, Twenty bucks would you know, 25 bucks and make it, you know, all the way there and figure out how to get a ticket somehow, you know, ask somebody that was leaving in the parking lot, put their tickets and, you know, put them on our thing, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and we'd, we'd, you know, make it, make it happen. Um, yeah. 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 It was, a, it was a trick that my friend taught me where he took the, the, the lift ticket and like, you stuck, it stuck together and put it on next to the heater on his car and then he, like uh, the, the adhesive come apart, so you could like, unpeel it, unpeel it on another pair of pants. That's <laughs> how <laughs> <laughs> so we would uh, swap uh, swap the lift tickets. <laughs> <laughs> what are the what are some of the? Um, I mean, it's early days for your organization, but what are some of the um, positive things you come at? You're seeing already. I mean, you must be excited by the the possibilities absolutely yeah horizon. we're um there's a lot of you know in the in the running community there's a lot of uh i'm getting a lot of really good feedback from you know, different companies of rather carol app right now um they made our shirts for us um and they, they did that uh spread with eric Simpson. um and uh yeah, just the, the kind of feedback I'm getting from the community. There's so many people that want to help out that are running you know, ahead. Like, uh, people sending me like, all kinds of information on funding, you know, how, how it can really take, get things off the ground, things like that. So it's uh, on, on that end, uh, things are things are going great. Uh, on like the you know community side, uh, like the, the Friday morning trail runs is you know it's kind of slowly coming along. So we're, we're getting you know, 6 a.m. on a, on a Friday morning. Um, so it's kind of like a select few people who are, are going to wake up and come out that early. Um, but we, we do entice them with coffee and donuts. So that, that gets people out So <laughs> How does the why? I mean, there's that. That's that, that material support is awesome. And I just, I take it back to that thing about like your friend's your well-meaning friends, you know, your well-meaning white friends going like, hey, wow, you're the most like us person who's not like us. You know, that's the implied thing, right? <laughs> you're not like yeah. us, but you're sort of like us, and that's cool. There seems to be so many barriers to, uh, like, we've talked about cost. Like, running, trail running especially, is expensive. Ultra run, you know, it's not just putting on a pair of shoes, right? There's all that sort of stuff. And then you add in snowboarding or mountain biking or whatever, right? It's degrees of expense. But how do we as the wider trail community, how do we as the wider, you know, how do we, what are some of the ways that we can sort of promote inclusivity and not in sort of a tokenistic kind of like, hey, wow, we've got a brown friend over here. He's cool. You know, like how do, how do, how do we do that? 
what are some of the ways that are really um, useful in terms of language and and just sort of uh, more of a systemic way of doing things? That's that's a great uh, great question. Um, I would say with uh, I mean. <laughs> Not to sound uh, like capitalistic, but I mean, helping with your dollars really, really helps. You know, um, you know, put your put your money where your mouth is. Um, a lot of you know people are like, you know, they'll put a Black Lives Matter poster on their, you know, front lawn. But you know, when it's time to talk about putting you know, affordable housing uh, near their house, they're like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's kind of like um, um, so it, it, it's kind of that um, you know but uh, you know also just listening there's there's a lot of a, a lot of organizations out there that um, that need support that and that are doing you know really good great things um, and just by supporting them you know by you know just listening to their needs whether it be you know, monetary or, or, or whatever, uh, I think that's also very important. Um, and I, I mean, with as far as like the language, kind of just like I don't know, like think about <laughs> uh, what you're saying. I, I, I don't know. Some people kind of just like I, I know they they mean well, um, but it doesn't need to be so. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it's. Like yeah, yeah, we we know that we're probably the only, you know, one of the few, you know, people of color that are doing you know, said activity. It doesn't really need to be pointed out, I guess, um, unless that person wants to, you know, talk about it. Like it's, you know, it, yeah, yeah, I know, and it, it's and it, it's different for everyone, I, I guess. You know, people have different uh, degrees of comfort of. You know, wanting to mm. you know uh, talk about or you know, even be in you know, those, those kind of situations, um, and there's a lot of you know there's a lot of groups out there that uh, um, they'll do like a, a people of color climbing night um, at, at a gym, and I, I'm I'm a moderator on the Southern California uh, climbing Facebook group. And sometimes we have to delete comments when people are like, "Oh, why is there a you know." Or is there a black climbing night? Or why isn't there a white climbing night? You know, and it's oh, like, no. like, <laughs> it's all white climbing bro, nights, bro. Yeah, yeah, every other night of the week is white climbing night, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> and in the day as well, and all weekends. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's it's yeah, it's just kind of I don't know. And there's like behind like people that are you know just I guess trolling or just behind like an anonymous like profile. <laughs> think they're going to say something you know witty or edgy or something it's, it's kind of you know, those people are always going to be there but um yeah i don't remember what i was going with that <laughs> <laughs> no it, but that's and, and that's the thing isn't it it's that whole thing about it's so counter you it's it's counter the narrative right it's counter that sort of and and you think about like i don't know what are you trying to protect what are you so fragile about? And also like, I don't know, you're probably a better man than me. Like you must be having a real bad time. If that's your, if that's the high point of your day is going on the internet, you know, 
and not to be the stereotype that like in your parents' basement or whatever, you know, tapping yeah. out something. <laughs> like you say, edgy or like, hey, I'm being so smart. It's like surely, I mean, get behind it. The world, you know, like things yeah. are things are moving on. I want to know about Batman, your trail dog. Because <laughs> I have a right here. Yeah. Oh, hey, buddy. Oh. What? What is she? Hey, what, hey, man. Hey, that's a great name. What? What is? What is she like? What is she? A, uh, you she's know? Uh, mixed with like husky and Australian cattle dog, and uh, I think German shepherd. She's she's yeah, she's like a, a mutt, but she's got like the best parts of all of them. Uh, <laughs> she's yeah, she's crazy. She's about three years old, uh, Patterson. She's ten months, um, about three and a half now. Um, and yeah, she's she's my trail buddy. Like first time I, I took her on a run, we were, we were supposed to go for like I think like eight miles or something like that, and we ended up doing like twelve or thirteen. But she was just like, loving it. It was like on backbone trails, like a perfect day in like the fall. Like it was. A bunch of like water like down in the like the river crossings and stuff, just like, bouncing around in the river, and it's like we t- it was like a, my first day with her, and, and we totally bonded after that. Um, huh. uh, yeah, my friend she she runs a dog walking boarding service, and uh, she had been trying to take get me to take her for for a while. So, like, got this dog that's perfect for you. She loves to run. Like, oh, no time. She's stayed with me she was like she's like my friend she's going out of town she's like oh can you watch her for the weekend and she never left yeah (laughs) there's something about i mean i'm the proud owner of a australian working kelpie so i've got an australian cattle dog and uh he accompanies he he has accompanied you know eugene and i on many you know many or many of our adventures and and he'll if we're hiking up a trail or doing something, he will actually dart up the trail in front of us and, and pick up a pine cone and throw it at our feet, you know, and that's just kind of like, <laughs> hurry up, Tubby, let's go, you know, like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, we're, we're here to work and he'll just be. That's you know, awesome. Yeah, yeah, fully. He's, it's just something, he's a pace setter, he is isn't pace he, of Rigby. Yeah, he's just, yeah. Uh, you know. A hard taskmaster. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, Unbelievable endurance, and I'm sure Batman's the same. Like the run, Matt, we ran quite a way. And we came back over 20 miles that we'd run. Wow! Yeah, and we're coming back. We're coming back, and um, Matt's wife was going out for a run or walk, wasn't she? And and Rigby was like, "I'm ditching you. I'm going with her." So he went back on the trails, like having already done (laughs) you know 20 miles. um, We handed him off like a unbelievable endurance. Like literally like ran up and we were coming out, you know, and she was like, I'm going back in and was gone for another couple of hours and he was out with me. That's just, great. Yeah. That is great. Yeah, her max is about like 13 or 14 miles. Um, she doesn't do too well in the heat. Um, yeah, right. It's, yeah, it was a, it, it of course. Um, yeah, of course. But, yeah, we're lucky with we're lucky in that way, aren't we? It's not, you know, apart from the height of summer, it's never too hot. Yeah. For rugby, no, Matt? no, and I mean, you—you've also. I'm going to ask the question. I'm going to trigger Eugene here. What do you have other wildlife concerns out on the trails in LA? Um, there's rattlesnakes. Uh, we have mountain lions, uh, bobcats, but they're, they're not much to worry about. Like I, I, I have a pet 
snake right there in the bathroom. Did you? But yeah, I have a ball, <laughs> I have a ball python. Uh, I've had him for like 13 years. He's, he's my bud. Um, but yeah, I have I have this like affinity for snakes. So like when I see snakes, I'm like, oh cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. So they, uh, I've been meaning I need to take Batman to uh, they, they do like a, a rattlesnake aversion course where the like it's like, uh, a, like a sound thing where they like it makes the sound they have the scent and like they have like a Dead rattlesnake there. Yeah, uh, it's like a shock, right. shock therapy thing. Um, yeah. Freaks him out. My friend, my friend of mine, he did it with his dog. His blind dog actually. Um, the second time he did it, he was like, got it immediately. It's like, I remember that. Like, <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, right. Yeah. So that's, that's because what does what does what does Batman do? When you do come across a rattlesnake now without having done the training, she she has pretty good recall. I can tell her to, to heal and uh, she, she'll you know, stay right there. And right. Like yeah. I, I usually have her off the leash and I was like, the leash on. You know, but she, she is there, like, because she does not like Monty, my, my python. Oh, Monty, and, cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, I mean, it's so odd for us, like, in Aotearoa, we, I mean, a, there's no snakes, so we don't have any snakes. We don't even have snakes in zoos. Wow. Uh, it's just a snake-free zone. We don't have any native, uh, so ground predators. So we don't have any native. All our we got one mat. We got one small bat. It's about as big as your thumb, you know. Uh, and everything else is a bird. So all our native um, fauna. Is, is, is bird life essentially on, on land. So we have no. Very interesting. That, I did not know that. Yeah. So, you, you know, you, you might come across in the bush. You, we've stumbled across um, wild pigs um, and there's deer out where we are. But like the most aggressive thing you'll see is like this sort of swamp chicken, which, you know, it's about that big. <laughs> you know? So they, wow, we just don't have. Swamp chicken. Sort of, yeah, it's called a pukiko. You uh, attacked Eugene at the end of his 100 miler. Um, wow. Are you, was that when you were pacing or were you doing the 100 miler? I was pacing. Yeah, pacing. Yeah, I was pacing. pacing his friends yeah. at the end of a 100 mile and this swamp chicken came bursting out of the bush and assaulted them, oh, tried to mug them. But, um, yeah, we just don't have that concern. And it's so interesting you were talking about the uh, the rattlesnake aversion because if your dog kind of, I guess, bothers a rattlesnake, you, it's uh, the outcome's pretty bad. We've got um, – we do kiwi aversion because our national bird – I don't know if you've – it's not the green fruit. Uh-huh. It's a tiny yeah, – yeah, yeah. it's so like a kiwi and it can't fly. Yeah. 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 And they do aversion therapy for the the dogs with kiwi because the dogs kill the kiwi and it's – yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a big deal for – yeah, to kill the national bird. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, r- relating, related to that, uh, I was running at Griffith Park with Batman. Um, I don't even know if it's probably scary. Um, <laughs> but we were, we were at the, uh, like Griffith Park is right by the LA Zoo and they have, uh, a, a California condor exhibit, which is like, the, I want to say it's the state bird, but it, it, or it's like an endangered species. Um, and like there's this gate that was like open in the back that I had never seen open and Batman like ran into the gate. Like, oh, God. And so, like, I run down there and I look, and like, there's like a truck parked right there, and she's like running, and like, she's like chasing these birds, and I'm like, oh my god, what are you doing? And, like, I grab her, and like, put the leash on her, and I start walking out, and the guy's like, hey, what are you doing back here? And I like, turn around, I'm like, nothing. And he's like, you're not allowed to be here. And I looked, and I was like, oh my god, those were condors. 
was like, this is the condo. <laughs> this guy, had, he was like a maintenance guy that had just like throw his truck in there and like left the gate open for a second. <laughs> like, like totally ran in there. Like, Batman's oh. like, yes, there we go. <laughs> She's like, yeah, danger chickens. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get one though. Oh, no, that's that's probably that. Yeah, that's probably a good. Uh, that's probably a good um, good outcome for both the Condor and Batman. Um, yes, I mean, and amongst all your sort of advocacy and your you know your engagement, I mean, in terms of you know, you guys are a little bit ahead of us in terms of, sort of you know, I'm not saying COVID's gone away, but you know, races are opening back up and things like that. Um, what about your own running, man? You got any events coming up? Anything you're training for? Goals for the future? Yeah, I'm uh, training for AC100 right now, uh, Angeles Crest. Um, this year, uh, they, they changed the course because we had a we had a big big brush fire, uh, bobcat fire, in it uh, knocked out a big section of the course. It was huge huge mudslides. We had a big rain right after the, after the fire, huge mudslides. So. There's you know, a big section of the AC100 course is like impassable. So uh, I was thinking that the race wasn't going to go on and like when anything was on the waiting list. And they announced that, that this year it's going to go, it's normally it goes from Brightwood to Altadena. It's like a net downhill. Um, it's still like close to 20,000 feet of climbing, I'd say. Um, but now they're going to the 50 mile mark and you turn around and you go back up to that. Uh, and so they added three hours to the cutoffs and um, yeah, it's going to be a lot harder. <laughs> uh, there's, there's probably another 25, 3000 feet of climbing. I'd say it's like 23 or wow. 24,000 feet of climbing now. Um, uh, but yeah, they did add that three hours. Um, and it, it's the, the average elevation has gone up as well, uh, like considerably. So you're, we're going to be like averaging like above 6,000 feet. Huh. So air is going to be thin. Uh, <laughs> that's another factor, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm training, uh, yeah, I was starting to train for like the heat because uh, normally it's a, it, it's in the middle of, middle of August. It gets pretty pretty hot out here. Uh, that, that race is notoriously warm, uh, but since the course changed it, and it's at a higher altitude now, uh, yeah, higher, higher elevation, um, it's, it's not going to be as hot. But right, yeah, I, I should still probably get some get some training. Just in case. How do you cope with altitude, and how do you train for it? Um, I can get up to there's there's some mountains fairly fairly close. I have Mount Baldy, um, that's fairly fairly close to here. That that goes up to about ten thousand feet. Um, and uh, Mount Wilson is even closer. That's that's probably about seventy five hundred eight thousand feet. Um, but that's a, that's a, a really good training hill. Um, I like going up to the high desert. It's a bit bishop in Mammoth. Um, I have actually friends who live up in Mammoth uh, that are ultra runners. They're like, yeah, come up and you know, stay, do some high altitude training up here. So, yeah, I might take that man and you know, stay for a couple of weekends up there, get some get some good runs in the high country. Um, 
But yeah, yeah, because I'm I'm pretty pretty close to sea level here where I live. Mm. Seven, 785 feet. <laughs> so. Pretty much sea level. Yeah. So is it, is it much of a drive to get into the mountains? Um, not really. Where I live, I'm, I'm a little north of Los Angeles um, in the San Fernando Valley. So it's, it's kind of like the gateway to get into like the, like the high desert areas. Um, so it's about a four-hour drive to get to Mammoth. Um, that's, that's pretty far. Um, but to Baldy, I can get there in an hour to maybe um, Wilson's even closer. That's about 40 minutes away from me. Right. So, yeah, it's, uh, there, there's, you know, there's stuff really cool. I mean, Backbone Trail is a you know, pretty, pretty well-known. Uh, of course, everyone's going for the FKTs on it, right? There was like a <laughs> FKT battle on it uh, during COVID. Uh, it went down like five or six huh. times and like, four or five weeks it was pretty crazy um but yeah wow. back home, yeah back home trail is is six miles from yeah it's, it was amazing during that first it seems like it seems like it was yesterday but it was two years ago you know like people just the pivot to fkts man that was an, <laughs> that was just like everyone's like stuck at home what am i going to do i know yeah just, just punish myself i don't know <laughs> go after it yeah i, I don't mean, know all these you... people they were yeah they were trained up for races and like all the races were canceled they're like what am i going to do with this fitness we're gonna yeah. fkt i don't know if you heard about john kelly and damian hall they did the pennine way in scotland did you did you hear about that these guys are friends no. they're both you know professional runners they're very very and and one did it they're both planning for it at the same time. And they felt like it was kind of that they both wanted to ask. They, they talked about it both wanting to sort of ask the same girl out, you know, and one did it one way and got the FKT and the other one did it the other way and beat the FKT. And it's this, you know, wow. it, yeah, it was, it was almost, <laughs> it was awesome. And it was almost awkward at the same time. It was like, Ooh, you know, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, somebody, yeah, but it's only going to be one, one winner. So yeah, that's right. Yeah. Look, Marcus, you know, you've been so generous with your time with us and we really, really uh, appreciate, you know, you coming on Dirt Church Radio and, and you know, talking about trial folks and talking about your uh, journey in the sport and in life. And, you know, it's it's been incredible. We ask one question of everyone who comes on Dirt Church Radio and that's Marcus Renty. What's been your greatest run ever? Ooh, greatest run ever. Hmm, that would be, I planned out, I've been talking about doing this run again for a, a long time. I did a point-to-point run in Yosemite National Park uh, from Tuolumne Meadows down to Yosemite Valley, and I stopped at like three or four lakes along the way, like Cathedral Lake, I, I can't remember. And then I passed by like two waterfalls on the way down. It was about 23-ish miles. Um, and this was like pretty early on. I think that at the time it, it might have been like my longest run to date. Um, like I had been like training to do this, you know, this run. It was kind of like a vacation run. I was going out there. And um, yeah, I just did all the logistics. There was a, a 
a shuttle that takes you from Yosemite Valley back up to Tuolumne Meadows, and like that shuttle is like a two-hour shuttle ride. Um, and uh, I started a little later than I wanted to, so I barely made the last shuttle. Um, <laughs> I was gonna have to like <laughs> hunker down and like sleep like <laughs> next to somebody's campfire or something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and wait until the morning because uh, yeah, there was no way I was going to go back because um, it was like a pretty screaming downhill run. It was just super fun. Uh, but yeah, that was that was definitely my, my favorite. Brilliant. Sounds fun. Although downhill is my nemesis. So Matt's a great downhill runner. I'm terrible at it, but um, <laughs> sounds like an amazing run. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I like the downhills. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Like, me too. All right, man. Well, look, thank you so much for coming on this uh, Dirt Chase Radio. And, and one final thing, um, if people want to know about trail folks, if people want to find you, I mean, how do they go? How do they go about that? Yeah, my uh, my Instagram handle is Nizzle, F-R-A-Y-E-D-K-N-I-Z-Z-L-E. I used to be a DJ and uh, <laughs> I'm saying I'm not uh, I'm not changing it um, <laughs> yeah and then uh, you can just go to trail folks it's F-O-L-X um, on Instagram or trailfolks.org uh, sign up for our mailing list thank you so much thanks Marcus awesome Wow. Thanks, Marcus. Something that I, I mean, something that I don't have to consider, right? A lot of the stuff that Marcus talked about, uh, just really impactful, amazing. And Marcus, man, thanks for the, thanks for the work that you're doing. And I hope your training for the AC 100 continues. That, that race looks super tough. Super tough. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with those changes. So yeah. Thank you so much, Marcus. And thank you very much for tuning in. We're on social media at Dirt Church Radio. Email us at dirtchurchradio at gmail.com and you can find us on all the podcast platforms. Like and subscribe if you fancy and you can download direct from the website, which is dirtchurchradio.com. Don't forget, as we said, to send in your greatest run ever. We're running a little bit short. Um, we'd love to hear from you and you can read them on the website too. Send them to us, dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. Thanks to our sponsors, Scott Running, Further Faster, and Cielli. Thank you to SOS Hydration. Thank you to our Patreon patrons and Wild Things. Thanks to our editor, Kieran. Stay tuned next week. We've got another great show lined up. Sure do. Matewa. Thanks, Rigby.